There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10th and Ranch, Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, and with me tonight, retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? Doing well. You know, I think that this case, um, it's gotten so much coverage. It's, um, it's a heartbreaking case. It broke our heart uh, when the finality came in. But yet, as police officers, retired members of the service, we know that there's so many questions still to be asked. There's so many investigative steps to still be taken. And the police have still have their work cut out for them because so many questions need to be answered. I mean, I don't like when I hear rumors, uh, rumors that you can't refute with evidence. Uh, right, at least right now you can't. So that's what we want to do. That's the goal. We want the family to know this is what happened. It was an accident. Or we find out something else. But we want to find that out clearly and scientifically and through interview and interrogation or whatever other method investigatively we use. And until we do that, it's going to take time. Um, no one's going to be satisfied with the outcome of this case. You know, Billy, uh, I really agree with you 1,000%. I don't like the conspiracy theories that are being thrown around. Um, there's someone put in the chat yesterday that how about if the car was put there after the police searched it? Uh, again, a conspiracy theory. We talked about it before we went on the air. That seems super unlikely based on the fact that the phone was pinging at the location just before we think that she disappeared or around the time that she disappeared, 1233 was the last time that it pinged in the area of the lake. And that's when she seemed to have gone off the, the radar screen. Um, you know, there's other things that are going to be done during this investigation. And uh, I say this with respect. I, I don't want to disparage the family or upset them, but the uh, autopsy results are going to be very, very important to determine what level possibly of intoxication or if there were narcotics, you know, the uh, body, even though being in the water for about two weeks, we, we surmise, uh, there's going to be uh, deep tissue uh, extractions taken from the body that will tell, uh, you know, whether or not uh, there was alcohol or narcotics in uh, Kylie's system. And the level of the, the amount of narcotics will indicate whether or not they believe she could have been conscious, unconscious, uh, you know, how much uh, the, the uh, you know, what was she able to drive? If there was such a high level of narcotics or, or alcohol in the system, would she be been able to drive from uh, the location where the party was to where the lake is, which actually was a short distance, not that far. Uh, but again, uh, you know, these are the scientific things that are going to be uh, put forward. And again, uh, when the family gets the theory from the police of what they believe happened, it's going to be backed by scientific fact. It's not going to be just opinion. It's going to be opinion based on interviews, science, 
uh, all the examination, the examination of the body inside the car, the examination of the vehicle, as well as the toxicology report. So all of these things will be put together. And then we will have, as you stated, Bill, all the interviews that are being done. If there was something like that that took place where a possible abduction or forced into a vehicle, there was two to 300 people present. Someone would have had to see that. If she was unconscious and carried to the vehicle. So one, Phil, one thing, someone saw her get in that car and drive away. Someone saw that. Have they found that person yet? And we just don't know about it. But you don't just get into a car at a party with two or 300 people drive away and no one sees you. Someone saw her. Probably multiple people, exists. though. That's a great point. That's a great point. Probably multiple people. And like you said, either they've already interviewed those people and found that information and they're not saying it publicly, which obviously there's a lot going on behind the scenes. We don't have the case folder in front of us. But Billy, I think that was really a great point. Somebody had to see that. And listen, in my opinion, and I think you're in agreement, we, we feel like this is probably going to be an accident. She drove, either got disoriented, wound up in the water. And again, once you're in the water and the vehicle goes into a upside down position, uh, you know, trying to get out of it, you might go down to try and when you really should be going up. Uh, very, very disorienting. It's dark. It's water. It's, it's a real struggle. And it's a horrible thing to even have to talk about it or you know, imagine the person experiencing that. So again, I think that when everything is said and done and the toxicology reports come down, I'm sure law enforcement's going to meet with the family. They're going to give their feeling and their theories and what they feel happened. And it's not going to be done with, you know, a possible or this, it's going to be done with strong, strong uh, evidence. And they're going to come to a conclusion on what they believe happened. And I think that uh, the family deserves that. And I'm sure they're going to get the final details. Well, a lot of people are making a big deal about the car uh, being on its back. And that can be explained. And before we went on the air, I think you, you did a pretty good job of explaining it. You want to uh, take a shot at that right now while we're on the air? Sure, absolutely. It's basically got to do with the laws of physics. Now, a vehicle with an engine compartment in the front of the vehicle. Now, the engine is made of steel. It's very, very heavy. So if a vehicle goes into the water and all the windows are up, the oxygen in the car will keep the car afloat for some period of time until the water overtakes the interior of the car. But usually what happens is the car pulls forward in water because of the strength of the engine. It, it wants to float because of the air that's inside the car, but it's going to pull forward and it's probably going to turn over because of the weight of the engine. Now, if the car filled up rather quickly, we don't know how watertight that CRV is. It's a 2013, I believe, or a 2014 CRV. We don't know how uh, airtight it is, the compartment. It's not going to be 100% airtight. That vehicle is not designed that way. However, if the window was open a little, if the vents, the air conditioning vents were on, it could take water in rather quickly. So all of those things would cause the vehicle, it's really just the law of physics, to lurch forward and probably land on the roof of the vehicle. Again, how far was it into the water when all of these things uh, occurred? Did it, you know, did it thrust into the water and get into a deep part right away? That's probably what I think is happening. Although it could have gone into the water and it could have been a, a moment or two where it started to float out. Uh, you know, maybe she was panicking or something like that. But as it fills up is the general thing. The rule is going to be that the engine compartment is going to pull the car forward and it's going to flip over. And normally it will land upside down or, you know, nose down. Bill, I just have to address something in the chat. And this is exactly what I mean when I say that there's nonsense and noise. 
Tony Smith, I don't know who you are, Upchurch said that a brick was placed on the gas pedal of her SUV and that a purple-haired girl in a kayak was near that lake a few days ago, that the SUV was placed in water only four nights ago. That is just so ridiculous. Uh, I just want to address it to show that there is stupidity out there just like that. And that would be easy to dispel in so many ways, but I'm not going to bother. But I just want to let everyone know the stupidity and the noise that sometimes comes to uh, other podcasts, too. Some of these other content creators create a lot of this nonsense. And it's absolute nonsense. It has nothing to do with investigation. It has to do with almost like soap opera and uh, type stuff and nonsense that has no basis in truth whatsoever. And But I just wanted to point it out to people to show that this kind of noise exists. I just want to expand on that a little bit, Bill. I would really take a look at the press conference that Captain Sam Brown did. Now, if law enforcement had any indication that there was really uh, a strong possibility of foul play in this case, the posture would have been much different, much, much different. Uh, if there was a brick that was placed on the uh, accelerator of that vehicle and it was found inside the vehicle when the car was recovered, I think it would have been uh, much more of a crime scene. It would have been handled a lot differently. I think the posture, you would recognize the posture being very different because now we have uh, a possible murder investigation and there could be a suspect or suspects at large. Uh, the police would have handled it a lot differently. Uh, my feeling from what I'm seeing and what I know, and obviously we don't have uh, intimate knowledge of the case folder, this is going to wind up being either uh, an accident or, like I said yesterday, a possibility. I think it's an outside chance of a suicide. It's not going to be any of the other uh, classifications that we talked about yesterday, whether it be natural causes or homicide. It's going to be either accidental, which I'm leaning towards, or a possible suicide. Uh, elbows mum will fill from the grommets and air vents anyway at the front. It would then nose down, flip, tires up. It could easily have been placed later as divers and law enforcement techs didn't find it. Listen, we addressed that elbows mum yesterday, and the police um, did search that area, right? And sometimes the, um, the, the height and the depth of the water fluctuates from day to day. It's a reservoir after all. The other thing is the visibility fluctuates from day to day. The other thing is, and this is from the captain, Captain Sam Brown from um, the Nevada County Sheriff's Office, he said, obviously, uh, Adventures with Purpose is much better at this than we are. So did he humbly admit that they missed it? Yes, he did. But this nonsense of delivering the car there a couple of days later is just that, nonsense. Yeah, Billy, I, I mean, think about what people are saying. Number one, right off the bat, the search was going on at uh, that specific location. How many days was that search going on? A day or two, whatever it was. Now, there's obviously uh, people that are going to be inquisitive. I'm sure it was a hotbed of people, of, of uh, people being at the location. So to think that you could slip that vehicle in there after the area was searched, that alone, based on the fact that it was already previously searched, I think is very, very highly unlikely. And then again, we know that the phone at 1233 on the night that she disappeared, which was only minutes after she texted her mother, the phone goes dead in that exact area. So what did they do? They brought the phone to that area and they decided to kill her or hold her captive. And then days later, take her back there. I mean, we're talking 
super conspiracies here. It's not you, you know, like Phil, the, the, the phone is going to tell us so much. And I'm oh, sure, absolutely. look, no one is admitted to recovering it yet. Maybe they just don't want the questions about it. Here's another far-fetched uh, uh, question here. Did you notice the damage to the driver's door? Could have smashed the window. I do think there's something badly wrong other than accidental. Paul Ward, the car is going to be invoiced. It's taken in as evidence. And the FBI is going to do a complete forensic examination of that car to dispel all of these rumors and all of what I call and Duty Ron calls noise. Because people, we don't have access to the vehicle to take, do a complete examination like law enforcement does. And these rumors are unbelievable. I just, I almost, they, they make me laugh. They're so funny, you know, but it's like, they, these are professional investigators. They will find out what occurred. You know, from our experience, we're not talking from, you know, possible or maybe, or just guessing innuendo. We're coming from a place of experience. And uh, does the possibility exist that there could be foul play? Yes, of course. But all the indications and the, the interviews and the scientific evidence and the, the fact that I just talked about that the cell phone went off around that time. If that cell phone is found in that vehicle, which we believe it's going to be, uh, again, uh, so they shut the phone off and then they kept her wherever for a day or two and then they put her there with the phone. I mean, that's all very outlandish. You know, it's like uh, inventing uh, Walt Disney type stories. You know, th this is not fairy tales. This is, you know, uh, in an investigation, we try to say, keep it simple, stupid kiss. Keep it, si keep it yeah. simple, stupid, because the most likely avenue that you take is the avenue that you go. And that's where the evidence leaves you. Sometimes you may have to back up and you have to go in a different direction if that's where the evidence starts to take you. And I'm OK with that. But all the indications here are that the vehicle wound up in that body of water probably on the evening that she disappeared sometime after 1233 is my best guess because of the fact that the phone stopped pinging at around that time in and around the area of that lake where the vehicle was found or that reservoir. So again, there's going to be a lot of conspiracy theories. We will have an answer to this when that toxicology report comes out and they sit with the family and they explain everything to the family. They go over it with the family. Then they will make it public. And I think that uh, at that point, not now, at that point, this case will be uh, officially closed. Schmitty, I think it got a bit messy in the media when they talked about the song lyrics on her shirt. She just decided to wear that shirt that night. Drives me nuts. Made people come to their suspicions. You know, Schmitty, thank you for bringing that up because there Good was point. another conspiracy theory. And if you guys recall, very early on in this investigation, a Hispanic couple in their 30s was missing also in the very vicinity of, of, Presser, of Presser Preserve Presser Park there. And everyone, the family, of course, was demanding the same attention that, that Kylie Rodney's case got. And right away, everyone says, there's a serial kidnapper. There's a serial, you know, there's, there, there's a, a, a serial uh, child, you know, child pornography guy. There's, there, there's kidnappers. There's all kinds of murderers around here. And lo and behold, they were discovered. They drove off the road into a ravine and they were killed that way. There was nothing suspicious about it. There was no human trafficking. So this, these things take a life of their own 
when there's no evidence early on in this investigation, even law enforcement was guilty with putting out false information. And they, they tried to say early on that it looks like it, a potential abduction. And I don't know why they said that. There was absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever. But when you say it, guess what? Now you got to live with it. You know what, Billy, on the early stages of this investigation, when detectives and police responded and they started to do interviews, uh, someone could have thrown that out there and maybe there was a little bit of uh, a direction that they were going in that supported that. But I think that it changed very quickly. Within a day or two, they said that, you know, listen, nothing's off the table, but we're, we're, we're keeping everything alive. But I think their posture about it, they seem to come off of that abduction thing pretty quickly within the first couple of days, I would say. So again, we said uh, when we first got on the air about this case that the phone was going to be key to everything. Uh, the phone turned out to be the key to everything. And then adventures with purpose, getting into the water and having the proper uh, technology and the equipment and knowing how to use it. All of those things uh, were favorable for them to recover the vehicle and the amount of time, which was very quickly that they did. Now, again, when, when the police first searched that area, like I said earlier, it, maybe it was not a sunny day. It could have been cloudy or there could have been a lot of silt in the area. Maybe the vehicle wasn't visible. Now, the bottom of the car is not really shiny. It's probably dark. Maybe the sun wasn't reflecting off it. And with the uh, equipment that they had or maybe not having experience with it, they could have missed it. The best thing in the world is that it, Adventures with Purpose said, you know what? Even though you guys searched it, we're going to go back and double check it because that's how you do things when, when you want to be 100% certain about something. You start from the beginning. Even if it's done, you go back, you do it over, and you satisfy your own uh, knowledge. You, you, know, you satisfy your own inquisitiveness and your own knowledge to say, I did it, and I'm certain that it's not there. And that's what they did. And it was very, very important to the uh, recovery of this vehicle and this young lady. You know, guys, any rumors, anything that, and I'm reading a lot in the chat about the condition of the vehicle, that will, Adventures with Purpose will let law enforcement know exactly the condition of the car when they found it. Did they break a window to get in? Did they damage anything? And then really there should have been a police department diver on the scene actually going into the water. And I don't know if they did it, but there should have been. All right. They had a, I believe uh, one of the divers had uh, one of those uh, cameras, I believe, uh, because they, they showed the, the license plate from the video. So either they took a camera down when they went back down. So there is some video of it. But you're right, Billy. If the minute that they found that vehicle, they needed to notify law enforcement, which I believe they did. And then I'm sure law enforcement joined in the uh, recovery of the vehicle. But uh, they will be able to. Uh, give a good description of what they saw when they were down there, obviously. Uh, Willis Perez, thank you so much for the 1999. Willis Pony, I'm sorry. I'm Willis saying Willis Pony, Perez. Willis Pony, I was say. Uh, thank you so so much for the 1999 Super Chat. Did law enforcement divers take photos underwater of the crime scene after vehicle was found? Unknown. Should they have? Absolutely. Yeah. There should have been a law enforcement diver diving in the original condition and where the vehicle was found before it was dragged in. Uh, how can you testify, to, if you ever had to, down the road to the condition you found the vehicle in if you never responded or you never saw it in its original condition? So that's my question. I don't look. We go. I, I spoke about this with Duty Ron. We do a lot of cases all over the USA. And there are different talent levels of police departments, believe it or not. And in no way 
am I putting down the Nevada County Sheriff's Office? But we see things that are not correct, that are not done correct. And we can't say, hey, you didn't do that right. You know, but we take note of it. You know, when we saw that case in Texas, and I keep harping on this with Gonzalo Perez, the escaped inmate, that was horrendous police work. Yes, yes, yes. That was horrendous police work. And I, I cringe at that to this day that a family was of five was killed over incompetent police work. And that's what that was. And not only was it incompetent from a patrol and a search point of view, it was incompetent from the public relations point of view. They had this guy who was meeting with the press and he was, he was tired of his job. They get rid of him. You know, he was tired of going on the air every night and re- reporting the same thing. Guess what, dude? That's your job. You don't like it. Go on the unemployment line or find some other job. But pathetic. And as a result of poor police work, in that case, a family of five was murdered by a prison inmate who escaped through the incompetence of their corrections there. So we see all different levels of police work. Is the Nevada County Sheriff's Office, are they the greatest investigators on this earth? I don't know. I, I never worked with them. The captain, uh, Sam Brown, admitted that Adventures with Purpose is much better at water searches than we are. And that was so truthful. And he was so humble in the way he said that. I really appreciate that. He said that I'm going to take us back to the very beginning. This is their chief. I want to play a little bit of this. We recovered the vehicle last night. Uh, We have located a decedent inside the vehicle. Uh, We believe it is our missing person. We have not been able to positively identify, but it's more than likely where we are today. And we wanted to make sure that that the family had all that information first. The last thing we want to do is have them learn information uh, outside of our team. Uh, so I think I think that is one of the the points that I really want to make sure that our communities know and and the and the folks. Uh, that are that are watching today know is truly how committed we've been throughout these last uh, few weeks in, in coming to this resolution. It's still an active investigation. And, and I understand there will be and that we will continue to receive lots of questions uh, regarding our investigation, and we will release what we can. Uh, but at this time, uh, our commitment is to this family. And uh, that that is where we will consistently uh, reach for making decisions on what we release. Uh, And and again, it is still a very active investigation. Uh, So again, I appreciate everyone uh, being here, getting this information out. It is, the the reason why we're here is because of the community support and the amount of work that was put into this investigation to where we could clearly identify very specific areas to search. Uh, the Adventures with Purpose uh, folks did a, a just a fantastic job at being able to, to locate the, the vehicle as, as quickly as they did, based on, again, uh, a lot of heavy lifting that, that the, the folks behind me uh, have done throughout the last couple of weeks. Um, I can confirm that our department is conducting a fatality traffic collision investigation. We're harnessing all of our resources, working with all of our partners here. Um, 
as you see, we're utilizing our mate team, our multidisciplinary accident investigation team to harness more data from the vehicle that was recovered. Also, we've utilized all of our air resources to map and video and take photographs of the area in question. And that's currently ongoing. So I, I can't comment on the nature and details of that investigation, but I certainly appreciate all the partnership that we have here with our local county and state partners. And we'll continue to assist in any overarching way that we can as an agency. And we're back. So, you know, you heard them. Uh, no audio, you know, I'm, 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 I got you. Bro. I'm seeing some things in the chat, too. Like, do people really believe that because the police didn't discover this vehicle, that someone delivered a car there? I mean, I just I just can't believe that. I just, it doesn't, you know, I don't know who you guys are listening to on YouTube, but whoever the guy is that is that is saying that is a fool. He's an absolute buffoon, you know, and it's just like, what evidence does this person have that that occurred? Is there evidence? I just think it's it's uh, it doesn't help the investigation. It does not help the family, and it's counterproductive to everything that the police are doing. So, just wait a little bit. Wait till some of the investigative process moves forward, and then you can make some wild conspiracy theory if you'd like. Bill, you got to indulge me for a minute. I got to tell a quick story. Now, I did a homicide investigation years ago. A guy was killed by organized crime. He was an innocent guy. They shot him and they put him in the trunk of his own car. And it was the winter time. We didn't find the body for six weeks. So once the body was recovered, he had been shot once in the hand. The bullet went through his hand. It hit him in the face, wound up in his jaw. He went down, second shot, back of the head. So he was shot twice. So when I meet with the family, his body was on the left side in the back of the trunk. And there's a thing called lividity. Lividity is when pooling of the blood occurs and the skin becomes all purple because now the, the circulation of blood has stopped and the, the blood begins to pool. So the left side of his body was all purple. Now, I meet with the family. They asked me if he suffered. And I said, I didn't think so because it looked like he was shot once. He put his hand up. The bullet hit him uh, through the hand, hit him in the face, and then he was shot in the head. So he probably died quickly. That was the information I told the family on the first day. A couple of days later at the wake, we go to the wake. And I could see the family is very, very upset with, with us. They, they were very cold to us. I grabbed uh, one of the spokespersons from the family. I said, what's the problem? They said, you lied to us. You told us that he died quickly. Meanwhile, he was all beat up with a baseball bat. The whole left side of his body was purple. I said, whoa, stop right there. And then they said something else about uh, his tongue being cut out. Wasn't true. Bottom line is, is that the person who embalmed the body didn't know anything about lividity and told them that he had been hit with a probably hit with a baseball bat. He had bruising on the whole left side of his body. They cut out his tongue. So I, I put everybody on hold and I told them that was from the lividity, but I will check with the medical examiner and get back to you. The next day I got the medical examiner on the phone and the medical examiner to recover the ballistic evidence, the bullet had to cut the tongue part and it wasn't cut out. It was cut by the medical examiner. I know this sounds gory, but at the end of the day, rumor and innuendo had this family completely, completely 
upset. They, they, they were insane about this. They were super, super upset. And they felt like they couldn't trust the investigators, couldn't trust the police. At the end of the day, when we explained it to them, I grabbed the person from the funeral home that told him and read him the right act. And, and he, I told him, do you know anything about lividity? He said, what's that? Okay. There's a person working in the industry, didn't even know what it was. We wound up calming them down, but they were furious with us at first. So again, all these rumors and innuendo, let's let the investigation take its course. Let them do their further investigation with the toxicology. And then there will be a final sit down with the family and then it will be made public and we will know what happened with this case. There's no need for these crazy rumors. It's really ridiculous. I want to play a little bit of Doug Bishop and Nick Rin from Adventures uh, with Purpose. Uh, adventures uh, with, with purpose right now. And let's see it, uh, them talk about how they recovered the vehicle. Of our efforts searching for and finding Kylie Rodney. Anything within this video may be used by any news agency or outlet within their own news reporting. This is only an announcement and briefing. Fully, epi fully edited episodes will be released soon, so please be patient. We have found Kylie Rodney's vehicle and have confirmed that there were remains inside. An official investigation, excuse me, an official identification of the remains will be made and announced by authorities once their investigations are complete. Please understand and respect this is a highly active investigation by the FBI and multiple local sheriff's departments. and We are limited to the scope of details we can release. We began our search for Kylie at Prosser Creek Reservoir on August 21st at 10:40 a.m. We placed two sonar boats in the water. By 11:15 a.m., Nick detected an object underwater using cutting-edge Garmin sonar technology. I was able to then confirm that it was in fact a vehicle in roughly 14 feet of water and only 55 feet offshore. After marking the vehicle with our magnet, Nick suited up in his dive gear and conducted the dive to formally identify and assess the vehicle with me running OTS comms topside. Once we confirmed it was indeed Kylie's vehicle, we immediately notified family, law enforcement, and dad and grandpa were on scene within minutes. Please refer to our episodes for complete search investigation that we conducted. These episodes will be released very soon. Again, this takes time to edit, we will need to put these together in an appropriate way in order to respect law enforcement as well as the family. That Those should be out, I, I would estimate, probably within uh, the next week or so. Um, the Placer County Sheriff's Department, Nevada County Sheriff's Department, the entire Placer County Sheriff's dive team has been incredible to work with. We understand that the resource we provide with our unique skill set is rare, and it is an honor to help agencies and families all across the nation. We will be working together with authorities here to share this knowledge over the next couple of days. It is always our mission to promote and share the techniques we utilize so that our purpose can help as many people as possible. We'd like to thank all of our supporters. We can't thank all of you enough for your donations and putting us in this position as we continue to grow and help more families. Simply watching our episodes, liking, sharing, subscribing, and following our social media platforms enables us to do what we do. So thank you all for putting us in this position. Please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us help families, and it's free.
It's free to subscribe. Additionally, we would like to acknowledge the incredible support from law enforcement agencies across the US, including the FBI. We hope to continue our efforts hand in hand with them with the upcoming cases of Jalissa Fuentes in Selma, California, and also Annette Adams in San Obispo, California, coming up later this week. At this time, I'd like to thank our entire team for making this happen. It's not just me, it's not just Nick. There's an entire team of us that are out here. We collectively go through these cases, these investigations, and it takes a team to do so. I'd like to bring you guys on camera at the moment and thank the entire team that made this entire trip possible. Carson, Cade, Kevin, Josh Cantu, Devin. This is our entire team. Like I said, it's not me, it's not Nick. You know, it, it, it takes an entire village, including you guys that put us in this position to do this. And it's an honor because without your support, we would not be able to do what we do. So thank you guys. Thank you guys as a team. We appreciate all your hard work on the road. It's not easy. You know, we travel across the entire nation day after day, state after state, city after city, helping family after family and agency after agency. And it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work when we're out here and we're trying to do something that hasn't been done before. And thankfully, we're in the position to do so because of you guys and all of you at home. Pretty inspiring, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing organization, Ad uh, Adventures with Purpose. You know, I just want to address a couple of things in the chat. The police, the the um, Nevada County Sheriff's Office acknowledges, acknowledges the fact that they missed the vehicle. They acknowledge that they missed it, that they searched the same area and we missed it. And Bill, it no, happens. Yeah. It happens sometimes. It just happens. Things like that happen. I mean, people have to understand that when you're doing a search, you could you could physically miss something like that. I mean, the fact that those guys had the right technology and they knew how to use it, it was a little different. But things happen like that. Searches are done sometimes two and three times in the same location. Phil Leo, it's entirely possible, in my opinion, that law enforcement and anyone can miss a vehicle in water that is not trout stream clear especially when it's upside down and the dark undercarriage presents to the surface the visibility in the water changes day to day because of silt and all that stuff and also this reservoir the the depth of the water changes day to day so could the water have been higher when the police searched for it and lower when adventures with purpose Absolutely. I, I just need these conspiracies. That was theories. stated in the media that the, that the water level had definitely dropped from the time. I don't know how much. It might have been a few feet or whatever. But the water level definitely dropped from the time that law enforcement first searched it to the time that it was searched when the, when it, you know, when the vehicle was recovered. So, again, you know, you don't really understand. You know, when people go in the water, you look down, you might see a, a foot or two foot or three feet or whatever it is. But at the bottom where silt is, there's, you know, it could be a couple of feet of that stuff and extremely, extremely difficult to navigate through that. So, again, uh, I'm just I'm just having a problem with people actually believing that someone placed the car there after. I mean, I just it's it's baffling to me that people can actually believe that. 
Well, just, listen, I, I, I want to highlight what Kelly said with the 199 Super Chat. Finally, serious, intelligent discussion on crime. Serious, intelligent discussion on crime and investigation. That's what you're going to get here on this podcast. And listen, there's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. But so far, I haven't seen anything that's a red flag to me to indicate anything other than, like I said, uh, an accident here. That's what it appears to be to me. Renee B., thank you for this comment. Uh, Adventures with Purpose missed the vehicle for Ralph Brown, went back with better technology, searched the same location, and found her. So There you go. Yeah, and then someone's saying that uh, the clarity of water has absolutely nothing to do uh, when you're using sonar. Well, you know something? At some point, you got a spot, and I think they actually used a magnet right. to put down to determine that they, what they had found with the sonar was in fact a vehicle. So well, it, um, they 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 saw something and they put the magnet down and when it stuck to it, they knew it was metal, you know, steel or metal, some type of metal that it what you know it didn't pull off of it. And that's when they were, you know, it was like a step. It was a process. Step by step, they found something, the magnet, then they went in, they got close, they saw the license plate, they knew they had the vehicle. J.R. Turner, you can miss in a search process by just inches. And then another person notices the item who went just two inches further at another time. Hallelujah, J.R. Turner. I th I'm glad, you know, there's some folks in here that are thinking, uh, that are thinking, let's put it that way. I just, these conspiracy theories, I mean, it's almost like, is someone going to deliver a car with a dead body in it to a reservoir and place it in there? It's uh, I mean, that, that's the thing that people are missing. You know, you have to think analytically about the process of doing that. There's police in an area searching it. All right. The police must have left at some time, but there's other people. So you're now going to start driving around with a dead body and placing it in a vehicle where they already saw. Come on, guys. That's that's something for these uh, make believe novels. That's not that's not reality. Let's let's stay on track with facts and reality. Joy Adventures with Purpose even said vehicles newly underwater are harder to find with sonar. The shine hasn't worn off yet and still hasn't accumulated on the vehicle to make it show up better on the display. So look, there's a lot that we don't know, including me. I'm not, I have no expertise in searching underwater for anything, you know? I don't but you have like common to, sense, Bill. I have common have sense. I don't even like to dive, uh, dive 10 feet or more underwater. I don't like that. I, when I was a kid, I was crazy. I would dive as far, you know, but now forget it. But I, I have no expertise in that. But I think you have to use common sense and go. deductive deductive reasoning. Because let me play a little of this, uh, the captain here, who is a, a smart guy, has a lot of common sense, and is a very humble guy. I'm not exactly sure that an agency had reached out and requested from within our unified command. But as everybody's reading online and seeing all the information that was coming out, uh, and we realized that there was an interest from Adventures with Purpose, uh, we did link up that group with Sergeant Mike Powers with the Placer County Sheriff's Office. They had uh, lots of communication uh, as they were going to be traveling to this area. And then a lot of detailed information that was shared that wasn't necessarily out to the public yet that, that hopefully uh, was of assistance to helping them uh, locate the area to go to. He said the car was found in the area where you've been searching since the beginning. Um, what did the AWP have that maybe you guys didn't have or why was that missed in the initial? Yeah, I think that's a great question. That's one that everybody's going to have, right, is, is how did we not find it when we were searching? Uh, the lake was extensively searched with side sonar. 
See, this is the most important part. Listen to this. He admits that they missed it. They did search. So just take this for what it is, for the truth that it is. With an ROV, uh, we had divers, we had swimmers. Um, I think that's part of what we're going to have to go back to, to do and, and debrief. You know, when peace officers are out in the field and volunteers and, and searchers, uh, it doesn't mean that they're experts in the field, right? These are sometimes ancillary duties and we're calling from other agencies mm -hmm. to try to jump in and tracking underwater is an extremely difficult thing to do. So I think part of our debrief on any of these situations is, is how do we figure out uh, to improve our services, uh, work on our resources and the way that we use them. Uh, a lot of this equipment is high end, very expensive, and, and you really need to have a lot of uh, practice and expertise. And I think that's where a group like uh, Adventures with Purpose is able to focus and practice those skills and really hone them. And so we, we're, we're appreciative that they were able to come out and locate it I also don't want to take away, though, from anything from our volunteers, uh, as well as law enforcement that have been out there. I mean, we literally had people swimming in the water looking down so that we didn't disturb the the, the ground initially. Uh, you know, my understanding is the vehicle was upside down. That also makes it more difficult. And if silt and things come up above, that can also make things difficult. So before I really can say, hey, why we didn't uh, weren't able to do it, I also could say that we eliminated a lot of areas that, that we would still be searching if we didn't have all the great people out there. And that helped give them some some guidance as well, I think. But clearly their expertise in, in diving and their equipment that they brought to the table assisted us, and we appreciate that. Did they specifically have any specific That's a good one. I'll have to debrief with them before I'd have the answer to that question. I believe we're going to try to. Well, as Pony, thank you for the 1999 Super that Some of these people leave weekend at Bernie's as truth. <laughs> That's, I think I think you're right. There's a lot of people that uh, I think they want to believe uh, the conspiracy yeah, theories. Bill, let me make a quick point too, if you don't mind, Bill. The vehicle may not have been in the position that it was on the day that it was recovered. It could have been uh, uh, there could have been something that was obstructing it, uh, seaweed or silt, or and there's, there could be currents in this uh, reservoir body of water that could have moved it. So it may not have been where it was when they recovered it. When the police actually searches, there's a lot of things that you know uh, people are not taking into account. Uh, I don't think that they went there with diving suits and, and, you know, did a half-assed job. They probably did the best they could do. Whether or not they had sonar and they used it is another story. But the bottom line is, is that even with sonar, it could have been obstructed by something and maybe they didn't see it. The sonar is going to, is going to pick up something from radio waves. So if there was uh, maybe a big piece of seaweed or some other kind of obstruction, it may have blocked it. So there's a lot of things we have to take to consideration. Leslie Mashman, is the case of Kylie Rodney considered a criminal case? I believe it'll probably be right now be investigated as a vehicle accident. And um, until they uh, until or unless they find anything uh, that leads them to criminality. But right now, I believe it would be handled as a missing person slash vehicle accident un unless they find out something different couple times saying they don't have the red tape that maybe your assisting agencies have what is that red tape and why might it be easier for a private organization to to do this i don't know exactly what we're talking about in regards to red tape um i think that from the very beginning we never deterred anybody other than certain scenes that we closed off at times that became areas of interest and we wanted to protect for evidence 
So I don't know that there was any red tape ever put on this. I mean, if you look at the amount of uh, man hours that went into it, it was like over 15,000. And I know it's even higher than that now. I don't think there was ever red tape. There were maps created for civilians to be out. Uh, the the boat ramp and the in the in the lake were never actually shut down because the way we were looking at it is more eyes out there, the better off we're going to be for for finding uh, Kylie, and that was continually the goal. So I'm not sure that there was ever red tape. I think it comes down to uh, lots of factors, and like I said, we're going to debrief and try to figure out how do we become better and and do a, a better job at, at you know these types of operations. Why did agencies believe it was an abduction at first? Yeah, I think there was a lot of miscommunication. I don't know that it was ever labeled as an abduction. I think that you can never take that off the table. And so as we talked as a command group and, and unified command with all my partners that you see behind us, uh, you couldn't remove that off the table because we hadn't found her. And so, you know, there was some of the struggles with some of the services that we wanted to obtain and, and things we wanted to do, but we couldn't say it wasn't an abduction, but we also never said that it was an abduction. I think- You know, Taylor 34, I'm going to just make a comment on that. I get the fact that uh, Adventures with Purpose has a skill beyond law enforcement, but why can't Adventures with Purpose do so well-funded off YouTube while the police fail off our tax dollars? That's frustrating. Yes, it certainly is, but would the police necessarily have the high-end sonar and the high-end radar that this company has? No, because they don't do this all the time. It's not a frequent but, thing. Yeah, yeah but cool. Adventures with Purpose does. This is what they do. This is their bread and butter. This is they're funded. Look, they have over two million, I think, or three million followers on YouTube. They make a lot of money and they get lots of donations. So they're able to buy the top equipment and they know how to use it. And they're probably better divers. Than we also we also have to talk about the defund the police movement. If people are uh, you know are going to defund different areas of the country police departments, one of the first things they're going to do is something like that is say, well, let's cut the funding for you know training for that or whatever it is. When we need calls for service, we need uniformed police officers, we need cars, we need people to respond. So the things that aren't you know primary, the secondary things, that's where it would get cut. So again, that defund the police thing very dangerous, very very dangerous. Kristen Strobel, isn't it criminal if someone gave Kylie a minor drugs that resulted in her death if there were drugs in her system? That's a whole other direction in this investigation. That's they more do, civil, I would think, than Yeah, if they do find that out, yes, it, it potentially could take a different direction. But right now, I'm pretty sure it'll be investigated as a vehicle accident, missing person slash vehicle accident. And as we said, finding the vehicle and finding the body didn't end this investigation. It just started it. There's so much more they have to do. Let me play the rest of this. That was clarified uh, fairly early on, um, but we also probably wouldn't have received all the services and all the people if that wasn't an option. If this was truly a search and rescue mission, we may not have had all the resources to conduct <clears throat> interviews. I think they identified over 400 juveniles and to be able to interview all those folks and, and provide uh, feedback off of all that, it takes an army of people. And I, I think we were lucky to be able to put that together between uh, my partners and, and agencies that are right. You know, folks, if the police captain, this captain, Sam Brown, admits that his police department missed this vehicle, do you think he's part of the conspiracy theory that placed the vehicle with a dead body in it in this water? It, is that what you guys think? I mean, it just it, it makes no sense. I don't know who's spreading these rumors. It sort of annoys me. Who's spreading these rumors on YouTube? 
Okay, behind me. Did, did any of the juveniles, anybody mention a car going over the side, a car on the water, out of all those? I don't believe that that statement was made, not to my knowledge. Was there any indication that this was an accident or a foul play? That's still being investigated. If, if we'd like, we could turn it over for CHP, can give some information. Uh, they are conducting the accident investigation, utilizing their mate team. So that, you know, there it is. They said that now, you know, they're conducting an accident investigation. There's, uh, there's a lot more investigation to do. But when I hear these conspiracy theories, they make, they make me crazy. Bill, do you think for one second he would have made that last statement if there was a brick on the uh, accelerator of that vehicle when it was found? I doubt very highly that would be the case. And another point I want to make is they're talking about, um, they're talking about, uh, the the way that the vehicle was found and and uh, the, the police missed it and and look the bottom line is is that it's possible that it was missed by the police on the first search the, the captain there explained that uh, the technology wasn't as good as what uh, uh, Adventures with Purpose had so again we got we got to put a a, a stop to this uh, conspiracy theory stuff that's going on you know they, they can uh, they can think whatever they please uh, that's you know but. There's just no basis in reality for it, though. And some of the people that do content creators on YouTube have zero credentials, zero education, zero experience, but they're spreading these rumors. So maybe you should consider who you're listening to uh, on YouTube. You know, I want to play this. This is a pretty good report. Let me play this. So an autopsy planned for today on the body believed to be that of a California teen missing after a large party earlier this month. Investigators said a 16-year-old Kylie Rodney had last been seen near the Prosser family campground at a party attended by more than 100 teens and young adults. Her phone last pinged just after midnight, August 6th, near the Prosser Creek Reservoir, where a volunteer dive team found a body inside of a vehicle in the water this past weekend. And investigators said Monday that they do believe that body is the body of Kylie. Fox's William Lajeunesse is live for us here to bring us the latest. Thank you so much, William. Hey, Josh. Indeed, you know, police did find the car. The car is the one that belongs to the uh, Kylie Rodney's family. Uh, they have yet to confirm that the body found inside is indeed her. However, the family issued this statement last night, quoting, while we accept this sadness cast under death's shadow, the rising sun shines the light upon us, reminding us not to mourn our loss, but to celebrate Kylie's spirit. Also, the sheriff's office indicated that it is likely her, but they are waiting for that confirmation today. Also, they have not suggested foul play, but an autopsy today should provide a cause of death. Toxicology and the blood for drugs and alcohol will take several weeks. So the focus now is on several things. One of them, of course, did was it simply an accident? Did she drive her car off the road into the lake? Was she conscious at the time or impaired or something else? Also, her boyfriend posted on Facebook yesterday saying, Kylie wants us to be happy, to be safe. She wants us to have a good life. That's all she ever wanted for us to live the way that Kylie would want us to. Josh. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course, uh, a lot of questions, as you did mention there, and a big one is this dive team was able to find her. They went out there this weekend, found her pretty quickly while investigators searched that area and hadn't found her. Have they responded to say, I guess, why that is? 
Yeah. So volunteers and police put in about 20,000 man hours over two weeks, a little over more than two weeks. And they did search this lake because, of course, it's adjacent to the campground uh, where the party was held. Uh, dive teams went in from several different agencies and they did not find her. Um, however, uh, after 35 minutes, this volunteer group, Adventures with Purpose, they had two side sonars uh, and some pretty sophisticated equipment. And they found the car in about 35 minutes, about 50 feet uh, off the shoreline in about 14 feet of water. So the question obviously is gonna be, um, why did Sheriff Stivers fail to find it earlier? Well, I am a diver and visibility changes one day to the next. Um, did you hear that? He's a diver important. and he just made a statement that the water changes from day to day. Visibility, uh, the current, uh, all kinds of things, the silt moving up and down. So it's like, it, it, it scientifically, yes, it exists why one group didn't find it and the other one did. And of course, we mentioned that adventures with purpose are better than the police at doing this. Also, the um, uh, water level, this is a, a reservoir, has fallen about three feet since uh, the initial dive teams went in. Uh, nevertheless, um, obviously, there's going to be questions about um, why didn't they find her sooner? Um, deputies have said, you know, this equipment is very high end that they used. It's very expensive. And these guys, Adventures with Purpose, have a lot of experience and expertise in, in doing this. I think they've been involved in, in uh, something like 20 other uh, missing person cases, and they found 19 of the victims. So this is what they do. Uh, nevertheless, um, there'll be questions about uh, why they didn't find her earlier. Josh? Of course, and hopefully that autopsy today, I'm sure investigators are hoping, will give them some answers about exactly what happened here, because at this point, it just seems like a mystery. Well, you'll have the accident investigation, right? They'll look at the vehicle to, and they'll look at, at and, and not that they already haven't, um, where did she go off the road? Um, how did the vehicle get from uh, the road or the uh, adjacent to the lake into uh, 40 or 50 feet? off the shoreline, if you will. Did it float, something else? Uh, so the accident investigation, number one, and then the cause of death uh, would be second. And, and indeed, indeed, where, where drugs or alcohol involved will take several weeks for the blood toxicology to come back. Josh. All right, William, thank you so much for that. Excellent report. You know, here he is, William Lajeunesse is a diver himself. He he discounted a lot of the rumors that you guys are saying or the conspiracy theories with common sense. Life is short. Thank you for the uh, $10 super chat. Thank you to all the searches. Oh, my God. Stop with all the ridiculous conspiracy theories. Thank you, Bill and Phil, for your show. Um, Billy, Renee B., thank you so much for the four ninety nine super chat. Police showed with Adventures with Purpose a grid where they had already searched. They didn't tell them not to search. Big difference. Renee B., you know something? I'm glad you brought that up. The police just told them they had searched that area. But as is the practice of Adventures with Purpose, they'll research. And they've done that numerous times with other police departments. And in fact, they have recovered cars and bodies where police departments have told them, we already searched there. Don't waste your time. They, they searched it anyway. And they, it bore fruit in their search. So not a conspiracy theory. Look, it's a different talent level. They know how to use the equipment better. So let's let, let's look at what this is. Uh, uh, Lajeunesse is a experienced diver from Fox News, that last report. But uh, Larry Stevens 
in the chat says, I've been a diver for over 40 years and today use side scan sonar. It is easy to miss a car if you're not experienced at what you're looking for. That's another person with 40 years of diving experience. So again, uh, we keep throwing out these conspiracy theories, but we have people that are experienced in the field uh, refuting what people are saying. Uh, it sounds like the vehicle was probably further out or moved from where it was. God only knows there could have been, uh, you know, things grow under the water. There's seaweed and different things that grow. Uh, certain vegetation grows under the water. It could have been blocking it. And again, like we said, the vehicle was upside down, uh, the dark side. Uh, so it wasn't shiny probably, and uh, probably easy to miss. Um, the the, uh, the experience and the uh, proper technology, the equipment that uh, adventures with purpose had was obviously better. And uh, they were able to locate an area, drop the magnet and figure out that that's where, where the vehicle was. Cindy Henry, do you gentlemen believe the national media tells the truth to the watches? No, I do not. No, <laughs> I do not. But what I do believe is I believe in common sense. I believe in science. I believe in the science of investigation and I believe in probabilities, you know, and a lot of the theories that are coming out of the chat, coming out of some of the noise on content creators on, on, on YouTube are just ridiculous, just ridiculous. And I'm not afraid to say it. You know, something, I was a cop for 27 years, a sergeant in Manhattan North homicide. I did 16 years in the detective bureau. I've worked thousands of investigations. All right. So I understand the investigative process. All right. And right now, what the investigative process is telling us to do is to wait, to That's wait right. for the answers. You're not going to get immediate answers to your questions. I know you want, and people want to invent stuff, but they're not going to be able to be refuted till this investigation is complete. I, I got to just comment on Cindy Henry's uh, comment there. Just a quick story. Uh, I was involved in a shooting in uh, August the 26th of 1982. And uh, the shooting happened about 4, 35 o'clock in the morning. The New York Post used to put out a 12 o'clock edition. There was no press release from the police department, zero. They put out a whole story just based on what they thought or what they heard. They had it completely wrong. So we know that today's journalists don't do fact reporting. If the police give information and they say one thing, they don't report that. It's a lot of opinion reporting in today's journalists. That's the wrong thing. Journalism is supposed to report fact. You can have opinion later on down in editorials and stuff like that, but facts is what they need to report. Most of the time they don't. They take what they're told and they form an opinion and they report that because it's more popular. It gets more clicks, gets more views. That's what's going on. And Phil, the YouTube, the YouTube world is like that too. Exactly. A lot of the YouTube exactly. content creators make shit up. I'm telling you right now, they make situations up. What if this? What if I saw one of the content creators said, there were four parties that night. How is that helping the investigation? You know? And, and how? who told you that anyway? You know what I mean? This thing could be as simple as she fell asleep at the wheel. We don't know how much sleep she had. If she had been drinking, if she had narcotics, she could have fallen asleep at the wheel, rolled into that thing, not even waking up until the water was already overtaking the car. There's so many possibilities here. But again, there's none of these crazy conspiracy theories that people are talking about. There's no evidence going in that direction. And the posture of the investigators tells me they believe it's an accident a motor vehicle accident, as Billy stated earlier. Renee B., you really need, thank you for the 499 Super Chat. You really need thank to watch you. their videos to see how hard it is to find a newer vehicle on sonar. They have to dive to verify it's even a car. Thank you for that information. 
I mean, and I that's what know they that. did, Billy. They, they they said that they saw something on sonar. They don't know what it was. It could have been, uh, you know, seaweed and object. But then when they put the magnet down, it's metal. Then they went and dived, and they found that it was a vehicle. So there's a process to the whole thing. People are not understanding that. Well, a quick commercial. Sure. Joe Murray, attorney at law, have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced and a very well-experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. And if you would like to advertise on Police Off the Cuff for real crime stories, all you have to do is send us an email at policeoffthecuff, the number one, at gmail.com. That's policeoffthecuff, number one, at gmail.com. Our rates are very reasonable. We have a national as well as an international audience, and it might be the right thing for your business. Folks, I just want to thank everyone that has joined our our, uh, our podcast. You can go on our YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. We've gotten uh, a lot of new members in the last few days due to this case, and also Duty Ron has shared some of his audience with that. I want to thank him for that. We also have a Patreon with uh, three different levels, and we have a YouTube channel with five different levels. I just want to thank everyone uh, who's folks that will will join us and become members of our uh, Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories family. We try to give you uh, crime stories from a police perspective, from a scientific perspective. We try to keep a lot of the noise out of these cases and use our experience and our know-how to dissect these cases. And I think that's that's the truth. That's the uh, that's the truth of these investigations. You know, <laughs> excuse me. You know, Billy, I enjoy when we get questions in the chat because it's a differing of opinion, let's say, or they want to point something out. And I actually take it as like a challenge and I want to answer the questions, but some of them are completely ridiculous. But the, I think we brought out a lot of good facts today that will indicate that it's not so simple as, oh, the car's in the water and they should find it right away. It's not that simple. There's a little bit more to it. There's a process. And, you know, uh, listen, having people, we called it spitballing in the squad. You said it was, uh, what, what do you say it is when the detectives would get together? It was hypothesizing and theorizing. Yeah, right. So I like having other people's opinions thrown at what, what I'm thinking. And, you know, because maybe I don't have the right idea. Maybe I'm not going in the right direction. And someone else's idea, a fresh set of eyes is always a good thing to have. So again, if somebody has a, a, a very, a good opinion about something. They want to talk about it. We want to, you know, they want to challenge what we're saying. That's fine. That's good. As long as it's done with respect, we have no problem with that. And again, you made the point about the new subscribers. Thank you so much. Cause without you, the people, the fans, the subscribers, there would be no police off the cuff real crime story. So thank you again, guys, guys, I'm just going to uh, end this by showing the video of the cause recovery. And you can see the, the car is pretty clear in this depth of water. I don't know how deep the water is at this point. Now you can see it being pulled in onto the shore. And um, I'm sure there's uh, adventure, adventures with purpose as well as some police divers there. Uh, and this vehicle will be taken to a facility uh, 
an evidentiary facility where it can be gone through forensically. And I believe the FBI has volunteered to, um, to process this vehicle for evidence. And as well as the, you know, another part of the evidence procedure, of course, is the autopsy on uh, Kylie Rodney's body. That's a big part of this investigation. And along with that is the toxicological evidence that should come back in anywhere from four to six weeks. Sometimes it takes longer, depending on the tests that they do. But as you can see, there, there is the vehicle. Uh, Billy, somebody put in the chat that the window was broken so they could access the vehicle, I guess, with the, the cable or the chain, however they used to bring it back to shore. That's quite possible. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it maybe they should have tried to keep it intact. I don't think that it would be uh, such a great idea to break a window. You could probably hook something underneath the car in case there is criminality involved. That would be my first instinct on it. But that very well may be. And we're going to find out when we do get uh, further details from uh, Adventures with Purpose uh, people, Doug Bishop and Nick Wren. Yeah, folks, I actually uh, I did uh, email uh, Doug Bishop and I asked him to come on the show as a guest. That would be a thrill for me. I think it'd be a fantastic show. And... Uh, He's probably being inundated with requests for interviews. But there you have, there you see the car being pulled up on the shore and realize that that's not the end of it. Uh, it's going to be taken to a forensic facility, gone through with a fine tooth comb. And, uh, there it is, folks. Uh, as new information uh, comes back on this case, um, we will certainly report on it. And we'd help. We'd actually like to dispel a lot of the rumors and the uh, conspiracy theories that come out of this case because it's. Uh, I find it a little bit disturbing that people make this stuff up. You know, everything uh, is explainable when it comes to investigation. I. Uh, cited that story earlier about the guy who was killed and he was in the trunk for six weeks and the left side of his body had all purple from the blood lividity. And, you know, people jumped to conclusion. The family thought the police were lying to them that he was beaten with a baseball bat. Completely untrue. We dispelled the rumor. We put them at ease. We told them the truth from the beginning. It's not it was something that uh, investigators will do lie to, uh, you know, next to kin or family members when it comes to things. They may not say everything, but uh, there's reasons for that as well. But uh, things can get out of hand quite quickly. It's not fair to the family. It's not fair to Kylie Rodney's family to have to deal with the uh, rumor and innuendo that's going around with this case. So I think that we put a, a, we, we put a stop to some of it. Hopefully it, it won't go any further. Life is short. Thank you so much for joining our YouTube family. Now you're a member of the YouTube family of Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. And you know, folks, one other thing, and I, I'd be so remiss if I didn't mention this. I know it might not be a big deal to some of you guys out there, but we just crossed 30,000 subscribers yesterday, and we're thrilled with it. We work really hard at this, and I was really thrilled at it. Uh, you know, it's sometimes, uh, you know, on YouTube, you, you take two steps back to go one step forward and, and it really happens. And you just got to let me congratulate you because you are the driving force of this channel. You do more work. I mean, I, I do some work. I'm not going to say I don't do anything. I do some work, but you are constantly like 24 seven, 
you put a lot into it and it's a great, great uh, accomplishment to get to 30 K we're going higher. We're going to keep going. And, uh, you really deserve congratulations. Well, Bill, well thank I, you, Phil. I, my, thank my you wife, for making me be part of it too. I appreciate it. My wife reminded me that slow and steady wins the race. Like That's that little, right. that little turtle, right? That That's goes right. slow and steady. But folks, again, I want to thank everyone, all you, our new subscribers, you new people that have just discovered police off the cuff, real crime stories. I thank everyone, and it, it's going to be it's going to be an exciting ride. And thank you, Phil. I, that's all I have. Final uh, final um, words. Final words. Again, condolences to the family. Uh, we will get to the bottom of all of these uh, stories, and we're going to get the true story, and and we're going to find out what happened. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. Uh, just keep a thought uh, for this family, uh, this young lady that lost her life. Uh, say a prayer if you're religious. And uh, Sergeant Bill, thank you again. You've done a lot for this channel. You made it what it is, and I'm glad that I'm part of it. Thank you again. Yes, man. Sergeant Bill and Detective Phil, we're taking it. We're taking it to a hundred thousand. <laughs> we're taking it to the limit. Carried away. We got to look at the next milestones. Forty. All right. So you got to take one rung of the ladder at a time. That's Folks, right. thank you so much for listening. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Stay safe, everyone. One episode just ain't enough.